0: Grimaldi out by the blue line on the left point. For Yossi, wandering that half wall, turning his Smith, gives it back to Grimaldi. That shot stopped, and the rebound is scored! Nick Bonino! It's 1-0 Nashville! Sent back there for Craig Smith, shaking off to Hahn, trying to center it, and Strom came over to add in the defensive effort. Right point, Fabro shot stopped in front, and the rebound is shoveled in! second effort there Predators extend their lead to 2-0 Smith at the blue line Irwin a one-timer that goes wide rebound out for Got it around Nylander held left side quick shot there that goes off the middle <laughs> and the rebound and the score yep it's time for hats folks and time runs down Predators take this one, three nothing over Chicago. A goal in each of the three periods, all by Nick Panino.
1: Oh, what a night for him! He's been uh, he's had a hot start to the season. Uh, he's been a he's been a really awesome player for us this year, and uh, I'm happy for him. Just uh, three kind of similar goals goals in front of the net, and uh, uh, that whole line was playing really extremely well with Smitty and Rocco, and they were creating all night. So, really happy for them.
2: Sometimes the puck sits there for you, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Puck got some good bounces, hit me a couple times and just sat there. So just trying to get there. I knew, you know, Smitty and Rocco
0: cycling. uh, They were winning all their battles, getting pucks to the net. And uh, just try to go to the net and, and find some
3: rebounds. And we welcome you to a Wednesday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. Good to have you in here live for the next four hours. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquis as you heard Pete Weber, and a handful of Nashville Predators here on ESPN 1025 The Game last night. The Nashville Predators radio network as the Preds dismantle the Chicago Blackhawks 3-0 last night at Bridgestone Arena. And boys, we got a hell of a show today. We got... What did transpire yesterday? What did not transpire yesterday and everything in between. Happy hump day. Uh
2: yeah, and um obviously stay safe out there. The weather crazy right now. Um I know after totaling my car a couple of months ago that every time it rains like this, I get a little tenser when I drive into work in the morning. It takes me a little bit longer. So everybody just be safe. You'll get there when you get there. Um yeah, Preds totally dominated. They, they approached a couple of different records, and I, th- I did think about you, Nick, at the end of the game. Shots on goal? As I'm staring at the shots on goal counter. Yes! Um, I still don't agree with your basic level of um, anger that you have towards uh, NBCSN. I'm not sh- I don't necessarily... Well, me and my
3: counselor, we hashed at it yeah,
2: every Thursday you, at 2 p.m. That's something you yeah. got to deal with, and that's okay, um, you know, when you sit down and, and talk to Derek about life, and, and he gives you advice. Um, no, I, I think, uh, you know, what, 51 shots they finished with, I believe. I think the record franchise record is 55. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 30, th- 35 was the record shot differential. Um, I think yesterday they finished in the 32 range, so they didn't quite get to either one of those two records. But uh, approaching those two records, and it shows you how dominant they were last night because they – they absolutely peppered Chicago all night long from the beginning to the end. They probably should have won by more, to be honest, uh, but that was a dominant performance from start to finish, and something you wanted to see from this team because they have not been good in the first and second periods necessarily. They're doing doing a lot of coming from behind in the second and third periods this year, so that's good to see them jump out jump on a team with purpose and, and play really well.
3: So the Predators win 3 nothing last night. They improved to 8-3-1 and on the season. They have won four straight, now sitting on 17 points. And, and to your point, that really could have been like a 10 nothing game last night if it wasn't for, for Robin Leonard playing out of his mind. Because you talk about sometimes this year where the Predators' defense has let down UC Soros. Chicago's defense let him down all night long. Benino with the hat trick. Pekka continues to be impeccable. No pun intended. Uh, Rocco three assists. I believe his first three point game of his career last night. And if you look at this now, Rene is seven zero and one. His goals against one seven four. His save percentage nine three seven. He is right now third in goals against, third in save percentage, second in wins in the NHL. Don't look now, and I know we're only twelve games in with seventy to go. But he's right there for Vesna conversation.
2: Yeah, I think Wachinski had his article up on on ESPN dot com with all of the you know his pro- projected winners for all the major awards. I mean, it's I'm okay with like mid season awards. Maybe if you want to do like two of them a year, I don't know if you need to do them like every twelve games. Uh, but I'm sure that's what the editors are asking him to do. We need content. Wait, wait, predict all of the awards. God.
1: Um, People click I, on
2: that left and right. Why did that sound like Napoleon Dynamite? I'll do whatever I feel like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Greg uh, Greg Wyshynski, what are you doing? Whatever I feel like.
3: Greg, I need 750 <laughs> words. Can you get it to me by three?
2: Uh, Connor McDavid, by the way, I believe was his pick to win the uh, MVP. Um, but he did have Pecorino as the Vezna Trophy winner right now. He had Roman Yossi as the number two behind John Carlson uh, amongst defensemen for the Norris Trophy. I know you're on record as saying uh, Rom- this is going to be Roman's year to do that um ellis and yossi i think 13 points through 11 games i saw this graphic on the game last night obviously with the contract extension signed yesterday by roman yossi of course like a bazillion dollars uh the the two of them it's the first time a defense pairing has had 13 points both of them through 11 games since like the early 90s since like 92 93 so they are on a a very unusual production track right now yossi and ellis and uh you know, but, but Nick Bonino gets uh, gets the uh, hat trick last night and, and an easy win. So, a mm-hmm. couple easy wins, and uh, Preds keep stacking up the points. 17, first place.
3: Obviously, yesterday, big day, all the news started coming out midway through our show. Everything was kind of basically official late in our show. And then by 10 o'clock, I mean, it was virtually a done deal. We had the announcement yesterday Roman Yossi, monster contract. And. You know, it's interesting. Is uh, one of my biggest takeaways from that was from a, from a David Poyle perspective. If you think about what this guy has done over the last couple of months, he's gotten Matt Duchesne, a guy he's coveted. He went, he goes out, and obviously he's a part of the decision making process to bring in Dan Lambert. And then you know, you ultimately get Yossi's deal done, and you do it at a point where it's like, whoa, he got him for nine point zero five nine, and obviously there's some. You know synchronicity there between nine point zero five nine and the jersey number he wears. It,
2: it also makes it's incredible. It, it also makes it the highest AAV that they've ever given a player. Mm-hmm. I I know that they did not give PK Subban his contract for whatever, however phrase you want to use. They did not offer that to him. That was the the Montreal Canadiens who gave him that contract. But the nine million dollar salary AAV wise for PK Subban was the highest Predator player to ever get paid essentially during a calendar year um from an AAV standpoint and this one will be higher. So um it's not only the largest contract they've ever given anybody uh, as as a free agent or a re-signing, but it's also the largest AAV they've ever paid any player. Mm-hmm. Um and and he's got the complete no movement clause, so he can control what he where he wants to be and and they you know asked about that yesterday. I think Adam Vingan asked David Poyle about that yesterday and David Poyle said, "No, no, 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 no. This is not a thing we're doing." Uh we we gave a little bit of it to, to Matt we gave Matthew Shane a taste and we gave it all to Roman Yossi, but these are very special circumstances. We are not in the in the business of giving out no movement clauses, so don't expect that to be the norm. Um mm-hmm. uh, but it does give Roman Yossi complete control essentially on his future. And he said yesterday very clearly, me, my family, my wife, my my friends, we want to be in Nashville. I want to retire a Nashville Predator. I want to be here for my entire career, uh and that means a lot to the fans obviously.
3: So David Poyle to me he he just continues to show us why he's in rarefied air as an NHL general manager. You look at the wins, you look at the way the guy can structure a contract and have all the fans saying, Whoa, he you know, he got the better end of the deal. You look at the awards. I just think that all that's left now for David Poyle is to win the cup, and I'm gonna channel what I would presume is my inner Mr. Bruno in the city of Detroit back in the seventies. There's an old adage. You can lead a horse to the well, but you can't force the horse to drink. <laughs> like, David Poyle has done his part. Yeah, I mean, it's now up to these guys to win the cup. I, I don't know what else this guy could do as far as putting an organization in a position to succeed.
2: It's funny. I've never heard the adage with well in it. Did uh, you like that? And I, and I like that. I've always heard it. You, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. Basically the same, same thing. Okay. Um. But, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, look, like, there's nothing really left for him to accomplish Um. And outside of the cup. And so, as we talked about yesterday, if Roman Yosi is the guy that you believe is the leader, is the captain, is is the player that you need to to win a Stanley Cup championship, and he needs to be your captain, then then make them make it work. And it sounds like actually that's what happened. Is you know they they were you know Poil was eight and a half, Yosi was at nine and a half. He said, "All right, come on, let's let's meet in the middle. Let's make a deal. Get, let's make a deal happen." And it sounded like it happened pretty quickly. Um, They got back into town after the game on Saturday and... Had a couple had a couple phone calls and and boom the, the deal's done. So
3: all right, we will come back and get it going here on a Monday or excuse me a Wednesday. If you want to jump in six one five seven three seven one two five the number. Don't make it Monday. Yeah, again. we can't we can't rewind it back. We'll do that at nine forty five. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, you will hear from Preds general manager David Poyle, Peter Laviolette, Roman Yossi. A lot to get to this morning. We've got a D. D-Mace dissection. We've got Derek Mason from Vanderbilt. Sean Henry's going to join us. Adam Vingan busy show today. Stay safe out there. Stay dry. We're back after this on ESPN 1025 again.
1: We're very, very excited to announce that our captain, Roman Yossi, has committed to the National Predators for the next eight seasons. Not only is Roman our, our leader as our team captain, but he is one of the best, most elite defensemen in the National Hockey League. Although he is yet to win a Norris Trophy, I'm predicting that it's going to happen as soon as this this year. Roman has averaged more than 50 points a season in his last five campaigns from 13, 14. He ranks among the top defensemen year after year and not only points but in time on ice. And under his leadership, the Predators have won two consecutive Central Division titles as well as the President's Trophy two years ago. And I am confident that Roman is the perfect captain to lead us to our ultimate goal, a Stanley Cup championships. Uh, I could go on and on about the accolades that Roman has already accomplished in his career, like all-star appearances, World Cup of Hockey, World Championship medals, the Campbell. Cup as a Western Conference champion, but I truly believe the best is yet to come. Just like one of his heroes and another Swiss superstar athlete, Roger Federer, uh, we have no doubt that Roman will get better with age.
3: There you have it, Predators general manager David Poyle, yesterday addressing the Roman Yossi contract extension. It is morning drive live from the Wholesaling Studio powered by RumbleOn.com. Nick Braden, DMACE, Marquis. So, DMACE. Back when you played with the Titans, when you played with the Ravens, and you got that big contract. Now, obviously, you didn't get like a contract like Roman Yossi, because it's different days, different times nowadays. Mm-hmm. What was it like that day when, whether it was Floyd or Ozzie Newsome or anybody in any front office went to the podium and discussed the big payday for Derek Mason? I mean, that's got to feel like you've reached the pinnacle of everything you, sh- you aimed for, right? Um. No, not really. No, no. Nah, yeah, it would be um, for me
4: because. But it's funny how David plus Poyle, one over here, how David Poyle um, uh, gloats over the superstar. It's like, okay, if you knew all this stuff, why didn't you just sign me? You, you, you rambled off all this stuff. Why didn't you? Why didn't we just get this done I, early? Have
2: you ever been in a negotiation, Derek? <laughs> and
4: I, I'm just 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 coming <laughs> Um, but no. Uh, I mean, it it all depends on what is what is your ultimate goal is it is it just to is it to get paid then yes, you have reached it when you signed that contract but if it's you know I want to win championships I want to you know prove that I can continue to consistently play at a high level, then that money is nothing but fuel to motivate you to continue to do what you what you've done if you go to go to the podium and you're hearing all these things and you think okay now I have arrived then now you're slowly on the decline if you go to the podium and think you know what I'm going to prove to them that I'm worth that I'm worth every cent and maybe even more that they didn't give me then you're going to continue to play at a high level and I'm pretty sure that's that's Yossi's thought pattern is that you know I'm going to prove to them that I'm Worth the money, and maybe even more than what they, you know, what they gave me, and I'm going to continue to play at a high level. Um, so, but yes, you're excited that you now, you know, you've you've, you know, you've got to a point where now you've gotten enough money. Not to say he didn't have enough anyway. Yeah, I mean, making three million <clears throat> a year is no, not a change. You've gotten enough money that now you can, as far as financial security, you're 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 okay. You don't have to worry about anything. And now it's just, you know, going out there and, and, and proving that you're worth. Because it gets harder now. It's get It gets really hard now because everybody's going to point at the $9 million tag on your back. And if you're not playing to that $9 million tag, they're going to quickly forget that you're the captain. That's just the way it is. They're going to look at you a lot different than they do the other guys. They're going to look at you a lot different than they do the guy that's making $7 million. Because they're going to say you're the highest paid player on the team. And you're not playing at that level. And, you know, is it is it fair? I, I don't know. But it's reality. It, 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 yeah, it's reality. Yeah. And it gets harder from here on out. So, you know, those that walk up to the podium and think I've arrived, I've made it. Well, now, sir, you are slowly, or ma'am, you are slowly on your decline. But if you if you go up there and, and, and have the thought pattern of, you know, hey, I'm going to prove to them that I'm worth this and even more. Um, and I'm going to consistently be the player that I have been and even better moving forward.
2: I, I would guess that it's both for, for Roman Yossi. I mean, the big payday is huge but it's not like he was poor (laughs) like the guy's making three million dollars a year for like five years guys made a boatload of cash hey
3: you can pay off my student loans yeah
2: like uh, like oh i'm comfortable now at eight nine million dollars a year when i was i was scraping by at three million per year um but no you you want the money and you want the payday and you deserve it and you earn it and all that stuff but to your point derek you gotta you gotta still want to be great and i always say there's two types of players in the nfl there's guys that want to get paid there's guys that want to be champions and um, you can be both, but those are the only two kind of kind of players, in my opinion. And Yossi is a guy who wants both. And, and uh, he strikes me as a guy who cares more about the championship than the money, but you, no one ever in life has ever said, no, that's enough money. Like, I've mm-hmm. never met a human that's like, no, that's enough. Looked at a stack of cash and been like, no, you keep it. So I've never, I've, you know, I think we're all cut from that cloth. The question is, who among us are still willing to work as hard once we've reached it, and I, and I think I don't think there's any concern about Roman Yossi in that department at all. Now, I think a big part of this conversation, and I mentioned it quickly yesterday, but we need to have it, is what do the last two, three, or four years of this contract look like? Because he will be starting age 30 next year in June when this contract kicks in, and so you're talking about age 30 through 37 for this contract, and it is just the nature of sports. It's not a knock on the Preds or Romanosi. It's just the nature of sports. When you give a guy in his prime the biggest amount of money you can possibly give a guy, at the longest amount of years you can possibly give a guy.
3: I mean, it's a max contract.
2: It's it's essentially a max contract in the NHL world as close as you can get, and and that means you know when the Angels gave Albert Pujols a giant contract, they knew full well that the, that the last five or six or eight of those 10 years or whatever it was, we're not going to mm-hmm. be worth the money, it, but you're paying for it on the front end. So th- the question is how much do you get out of him in the first four or five years? How quickly is the decline? It is a, I, I'm not trying to be negative here, but it's just a fact. You have to consider w- what does it do to your salary cap, the roster, you know, your ability to compete in years five, you know, five, six and seven or seven, eight you know, six, seven and eight of, of the O C contract. Mm-hmm. It is something you have to consider. You don't have to worry about it now. It's it's not anything you have to worry about now. I mean, he's a great player, the best player on the team, a Norris trophy candidate, and will be be that, I would guess, for the next three or four years. But there will come a point where we look at the contract and go, Oh, that that's a you know how how do we work around the contract whereas today we're celebrating the contract in a different way right like it's just a different thing to consider
3: i think fans also look at it from the standpoint of you know what they sit there and say yeah i know how sports works and the back end is going to look pretty bad possibly and that's just the price of doing business you got to give to get i don't think fans ultimately care though as long as it results in one if you get me one championship yeah, yeah, yeah. i will live with what could be a salary cap stricken older team yeah. later down the road? As long as I get that championship glory, I'll deal with you know maybe a bottoming out at some point. I
2: mean, that's the risk. That's that's the nature of the game. Like, right? You you pay for a bunch of greatness and you hope it works and pays and and re, you know gives you the results you want, which is a Stanley Cup championship and parade. And if you get that, then it's worth every penny. If if you don't, then you know you can already hear fans complaining in. 2025 or 2026 or whatever it is that people are going oh man I can't believe we're paying nine million dollars a year for a 36 year old Roman Yossi who scored 18 points last year like it's just not and and that's just a part of the game it's not Yossi's fault it's not the Preds fault it's just sort of the nature of sports especially in a sport where contracts are guaranteed
3: well and Darren nailed it yesterday in the first 15 minutes of his show when they came on at 10 o'clock that, yeah, it's great you got Yossi at this price, and, yeah, you're paying Duchesne a lot, and Ryan Ellis's contract is now kicked in. He got that big extension. But eventually, the dam is going to break. You just can't keep handing out these big-time contracts. This is not Major League Baseball where there's no salary cap. Sooner or later, you got to start trimming off money to make things fit because this is not fantasy sports.
4: No, it's not. But, I mean, the salary cap goes up every year. And... You know, yes, you're it's just the nature of sports, period, Uh, whether it be basketball, football or hockey. um, You know, eventually you're going to your team's going to get older and you're going to have to get younger, which means you're going to have to start cutting people. Um, And it's not. I mean, it I'm sure when when David did this deal. They looked five years down the road how does this deal affect us three, four, five years down the road? So they got contingency plans in place. They know they might have to play another, pay another player in two years. That's just the price. If you want to be a good team, that's what you got to do. Yep. I don't think they're in a space that, that, that the Blackhawks were in, but I think they're in a space where they know they're structuring these contracts in such a way that, okay, when it comes that time, we should be able to maneuver out of things. The only person only contract he's stuck with is Roman Yosis. That's it. Nobody else's contract. So if he chooses to trade a player in three years, he probably can get back something, you know, that's going to make his team better and not have to pay
2: a lot of money. So I mean Duchenne and Johansson are the two biggest contracts exactly. outside of Yosi, and they both can be moved right now if they wanted to. Exactly. Not that so, we want them to, but that's just
4: So it's not like they're stuck. You know, it's not like they're. Oh my goodness, we're stuck and we can't do anything for the next four years. No, I mean one guy that they're stuck with, and they they're happy they're stuck with them. And that's Chelsea. you know, you know, three, four years down the line, they can move guys. I and mean, he's very handsome. Yeah, and bro. and they can bring guys in and, and 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 move guys to the side. So I don't. I understand what Darren's saying. He's right from 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 you know from a contract and 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 salary cap standpoint, but they're not so strapped in four years where they got to just blow this thing up and got to restart all over again or they end up like the Blackhawks and, you know, they go from the best team to the worst team in just a matter of a year or two. That I don't think that's – we've always said that David Poyle has been one of the smartest, if not the smartest GM. So if we're going to say that, then we can't – Come back and say, well, man, you know, eventually the Piper's going to come and in three years, four years. They're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to release it. Well, I'm pretty sure he has a contingency plan in place where, you know, he can move contracts. If he's here. That's if he's here. Yeah, and if he doesn't, yeah. he's
3: probably on an island smoking Absolutely. a cigar saying, you know, I did my part. He couldn't
4: care less what <laughs> You happened. figure
3: it now, out. As he hands
2: it over to his son at Thanksgiving yes. dinner, he says, son, uh, why'd you trade that guy? Why'd you move that? No. Um, I, I find it interesting. Um, it, it's it's sort of like when we look at the NFL and we look at the Titans and we look at all the rookie contracts, right? How, how important it is to build a chunk of your roster in the NFL on draft picks and, and why it's important to have – you know the Jayon Browns and the Rashawn Evans and Derrick Henrys on rookie deals, and why you can build and pay Malcolm Butler, Kevin Byard, and T- Taylor Lewan big contracts is because you've got a bunch of other guys on rookie deals. This is where having UC Soros on a young contract for the majority of this Roman Yosi deal, right? Because we know Pekka's under contract for a couple more years, that number goes down. But when he moves on, and you, UC Soros is your starter, you're still you will not be paying him. Like elite level starter money, he's sort of like the quarterback on a rookie contract in theory. I know he's not on his rookie deal, but you guys get the analogy here. Mm-hmm. Having an important top four defenseman like Dante Fabro under contract on a rookie deal, you know what I mean? Like ha- having important pieces, whether it's Tolvanen or, or another piece in, on the offense, on these smaller contracts that you have to have some of those guys worked into your roster to to be able to continue to can give all these huge deals out. And I think. You know, what Darren was talking about, I agree with you, Nick, listening to him. He, he's right. Something's going to have to happen. There will be a cap casualty of some sort next year, whether that's Craig Smith or Grandland. You know, somebody's going to, like, they're not going to be able to resign everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that that's part of the deal. That's just part of sports. And David Poyle will have a plan for that. And we assume he's got, got. you know, tourists might be traded because of it. So, something. there. There's going to have to be money moved around because you're adding a $9 million cap hit next year. That's $6 million more than he was getting paid this year. You're going to have to find that $6 million somewhere else.
3: 615-737-1025. Let's squeeze Corey in real quickly here. Corey, you're on Morning Drive. Corey, you go ahead.
0: Hey, guys. um, Just something I think is important to keep in mind where you talk about the back end of his contract is that, yeah, production's important, but so is good veteran leadership. Because at some point, probably in the not-too-distant future, like you were kind of alluding to, you're going to have to start retooling this team younger. Well, you need some kind of a consistent veteran leadership status that's kind of been through some of these wars to teach these young guys. Otherwise, they're going to have zero playoff experience and be right back where they were four or five years ago, where they got talent, but they don't know how to handle it when they get in
2: these playoff situations and such. I just wanted to throw that out there and let you guys chew on that a little bit. Yeah, they look totally capable of handling it last year. Um, I... Uh... <laughs> They had a lot of veterans last year. and They got smoked in the first round. So I, I get your point. Your point is valid. And uh, the, the problem is you can't pay $9 million for leadership. Right. You pay $9 million for production. Elite and, talent. Yeah. Like Scott Hartnell's a great leader. He was like $2 bucks. Right. You, you can go get great leaders at the deadline for cheap. You can get great you know, veteran presences that have been around, that, that have been in the battles. Like you can get those guys. In fact, that's a big part of the hockey trade deadline every year is going to get veteran guys that are just role players. That's a big part of the deadline. Unlike how not exciting the NFL was yesterday, but when you when you have the highest paid player on your team as your captain, he's got to deliver. And I, there's nothing to say that he won't. Mm-hmm. I, I think at least five years of this contract, you expect to be worth every single penny of it, and for him to be great. I'm just saying there's a there's a life cycle of a contract where we celebrate, and he deserves it, and he he gets his money, and it's great to have him here. Go buy your 59 jerseys because he ain't going anywhere. Right? Like, let's celebrate. And, and let's see what happens over the next five or six years, but you have to be prepared for like and David Poyle is, for what's going to happen down the road because it's a lot of money that's kicking in. six
3: six one five seven three seven one zero two five the number. Preds fans, if you want to jump in on the Yossi contract news, you can certainly do so, 737 Also, coming up on the other side, we got to get to what did not happen yesterday in Titans world, both with the trade deadline and also with what a lot of people were speculating could happen with the former starting quarterback. That's coming up next here on Morning Drive on ESPN 1025 again. 6.34, it is morning drive, ESPN 1025, the game.
2: People driving around here in that, that, that siren just started looking around in their cars like, what? What's going on?
3: Uh, I swear, officer, I wasn't texting and driving.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just to
3: wake y'all up. Exactly. Yeah. Nick, Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, good to have you in on a dreary, wet, rainy Wednesday. Seven three We'll get to the Titans in a second. Uh, Tucker wants to weigh in on the Preds and some of the cap casualty type stuff. Uh, Tucker, you go ahead.
0: Good morning, guys. Good morning. How about them boys last night? They really put 60 minutes together, didn't yeah. they?
2: Yeah. It's one of the most complete showings of the of the year.
0: Oh, man, I, I loved it. Tricky Nicky got a hat trick. It was a great night. Um, so, at the end of the year, Boyle's going to look at where he's at. He's going to look at the age. He's going to look at the performance. He's going to look at what we have at the Milwaukee Admirals which they're looking good. They're looking very good down there. And we have a lot of young studs that are itching to take a spot away from someone that we have. Poyle, over the last two years, has locked down the core of this team for the next eight years now with our captain resigning. So at the end of the year, he's not going to feel bad for letting people walk away, just like we did real deal James Neal. And we'll bring someone up. They'll play with our superstars and we'll just keep motoring along trying to finally win our first cup.
3: Well, yeah, it's actually a really good point because what? I love it, Tucker. Just blind,
2: blind just will be dominant forever.
3: 12, like it. 12, 18 months ago, we were saying, and people were writing that the Predators had like a bottom five, um, quote, farm system. The cupboard yeah. was virtually bare. Now you can actually afford to move on from a guy like a Benino or a Smith. Because you have yeah. some guys just chomping at the bit to come up.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ellie Tolvin and Rem Pitlick are both guys that are, are future players on the squad, for sure. You've got your first and second round picks from this past year, uh, which are very high, very highly thought of forwards in Tomasino and Igor Asanafiev. I can't ever remember if I'm saying that correct or not. Uh, the Russian, the big six four kid uh, in the second round, I believe. They're not playing for the Admirals, but they are uh, two very talented youngsters. Jeremy Davies, you got in the P.K. Subban trade. He looks to be a a developing prospect at the, at the defensive position, uh, Carrier is still down there. So, it's a rebuilt system, and you need you don't need all those guys to hit. You just need a couple of them. You just need one or two of them to be really good and to be con- starters, so that you can afford to pay some of these other guys. So, um, it it like like Darren. I think Darren's analogy is the one I'm going to keep going back to. Just the dam will break at some point, and and there will be casual cap casualties of some sort. Um, I certainly don't think you can afford to keep Granlin and Smith at the end of next season. So does that make either of them a trade deadline chip? Maybe so. Is Tolvin and ready to come up? Does that make Craig Smith a, a, a trade chip or Granlin? I mean, Granlin's played pretty well this year, so... Um, there's no reason to think that any of these guys should be moved but you do have to consider the salary cap implications
3: seven three seven one oh two five if you want to jump in so l- let's get to the Titans yesterday John Robinson does not make a move before the trade deadline which I-, I think on this show we did not expect really much to go down nothing happens but the big talk of the t- of the Twitter sphere yesterday in Titan's world was this quote report that came out from Fwords pod which is, A Titans podcast and website and blog. And, you know, they do a pretty good job, but they basically yesterday went with this tweet, and I'll read it to you verbatim. Uh, Breaking news. Yes, this is real. Sources close to the situation tell me that former Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota is heading to the IR with an injury that he sustained in the preseason against the Patriots. More details will come as we get them. Now, a lot of people quickly started scrambling and trying to dig up all the information they could. Uh, Credit to Paul Kaharski. He double-sources it and says that that is not true. So, Mariota's not traded. Mariota does not go to the injured reserve. And everybody's losing their mind over Josh Johnson and Taylor... uh, Heineke. Heineke. Not Heineken. It's a beer. Keep your hands off my Heine.
2: Um...
3: Because the Titans were working them out. out,
4: Yeah. Yeah, um, I feel bad for for the guys that, you know, put this out and said their source. You got a bad source, man. That source is not a good source. Unless, you know, they thought about it and then say, you know what? Nah, maybe we're just not going to do it. Um, But, I mean – you got. I think if you ask any GM out there, and luckily we have one, uh, a former GM on his show, um, they're going to be working out guys all the time, even guys we don't even hear about. They're always, you can't, you'd be amazed how many times I've walked into um, the facility on a Tuesday to get, you know, to get treatment or or to get an extra workout or to do something as far as community stuff, and you see guys that are working out, guys that are working out. And that's just the nature of the business. You're always bringing in someone, whether to put on your practice squad or whether to, just in case something happens down the line, you, you can say at least I've worked this guy out, I know what he's about, and I can go sign him. So, you know, them signing two guys, I mean, it's a big story because they're quarterbacks, you know. Um, if Marcus is healthy and, and, and Ryan is healthy and they work these quarterbacks out, it's not a big story. Um, but because one got benched and he's sort of kind of maybe hurt, it becomes a bigger story. Well, they got to work these quarterbacks out because...
2: And at the, de- and the yeah, day of the deadline. Not, so they and, and the work Josh these, Gordon thing just took place with, yeah.
4: with Belichick. So they got to work these guys out because you got one quarterback that has been injured, another one that's benched and might be injured. So we got to have a contingency plan here. So if something happens, we we can bring in a guy quickly. We don't have to then work him out. So, I mean, I, I know it was a frenzy yesterday, and everybody was speculating and 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 so much so. But they do what every other GM around the league does. They work out guys, and just so happened, you know, it it, it was it was a perfect the, storm. The twelfth hour of a trading deadline, and you're working out guys. So.
3: We can continue this conversation and really take it to another level when we come back about just the rush to judgment in this day and age of sports media to be the guy first on Twitter with the source or the story as opposed to being the guy who got it right. It's
2: not just sports, too. Yeah. It's it's across the board. Um, and we'll, I've got a lot of thoughts, so we'll right. we'll, we'll we'll save it
3: seven three seven one zero two five. If you want to jump in, it is morning drive on ESPN one zero two five. A game six forty five. It is morning drive ESPN one zero two five. The game. So Marcus Mariota does not land on IR yesterday, as a lot of people were speculating, and one person or one entity was reporting. But I got to tell you, in the moment as I was reading that, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, we know Marcus has an injury history. Would it surprise you that Tannehill became the starter because Marcus was banged up slash ineffective slash a combination of both? I didn't understand the whole Patriots preseason thing, but maybe that kind of explains why he was struggling a little bit. I still think the nerve never regenerated to 100%. and That's possible. If we go all the way back to last year, week 17, when, when everything went down and we're trying to figure out, well... Was it this injury? Was it that injury? Did he consult with a second source? Did he go to another doctor? If this story would have been true, wouldn't it just felt like typical Titans in Mariota with medical mystery?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you guys listen. I, I think I haven't been um, shy about this. I think Marcus is is broken right now. I don't know if if me- mentally that's part of partly his fault, but. You know, some of it is that they didn't give him any help or protection at all last year, and you know we saw the list of injuries that he had at the end of the year that kept him out of the Colts game. I think you could go back to the broken leg in Jacksonville like three years ago, where he didn't have an entire offseason to rehab, like he had no offseason to prepare to, to to step in. And every year the offensive line has got progressively worse over this period of time. You finally actually went out and got some weapons for him, and now. You know, he, mentally and physically, maybe spiritually and emotionally, he's just not there. And so uh, I do feel like the Titans, uh, oh, not oh, but carry some of the burden of his poor play. Not not all of it. Most of it's on him. But there has to be an acknowledgement that the Titans did not do enough as an organization to try to, w- whatever it is, protect him, support him, give him the pieces. Um, listen, they just tried to get their best player killed on Sunday by running Brett Kern in a fake punt into Devin White. Like that's <laughs> – they they clearly have no care. And, and Ryan Tannehill, let's be honest, Ryan Tannehill doesn't, didn't exactly get treated any better in Miami because if you remember, he tore up the knee and then didn't have the surgery, right? Same thing with the Colts and Andrew Luck. They didn't necessarily handle Andrew Luck very well. This is not just the Titans' problem. He he, he went – you know, Ryan Tannehill had the knee, knee problem, didn't get the surgery, came back in camp, and if you'll remember, towards ACL in practice mm-hmm. on like a scramble drill – and then tore the knee up, and then had the shoulder problem, and didn't get it fixed, and then shoulder got worse, and same thing with Andrew Luck, and so I, I don't think this is a, a Titans only issue, but don't don't tell me the Titans played this perfectly fine, um, you know. To your point about, because that's all speculation. We we don't know if there's act like what, what the seriousness of the nerve injury is. His arm certainly doesn't look the same as it did three years ago. There's no question about that, but you, you know you. The the rush to get everything I know in a deadline situation it's maybe a little different. You're you're trying to break news at a deadline when things are swirling because even the GMs in the NFL. I mean, look look at what's happening with the Jets right now. Right? Like they're the the whole Jamal Adams dust up with their GM mm-hmm. and the Jets, that that's miscommunication within the organization. Two guys that actually could call each other and talk about it, much less a bunch of reporters who are just sort of doing work digging. I know it's different on a deadline situation, but you got to be right about stuff. You, you know, it, it is. We we live in a world where it's just whatever it is. If it's your, if you're reporting a story, if you've got an opinion on something, you got to have a take. You got to be as get get to Twitter and as fast as you can, and you got to have a take on something. And or or oh, I I heard this. Let's get this out there so that we can get some attention. It, it maybe doing the the slower, smarter more in-depth, deep dive, where you actually take a day or two to think about something, maybe that would benefit fans a little bit.
3: You've been on these situations where trade deadline, player, GM, I mean, how how does this all play out? And and we can make it about specifically about Marcus, but your past experiences where maybe you read something and it's like, well, that's news to me because me and person X or person Y – Certainly, if I haven't had that conversation, but apparently, guy for the, the the Daily News is reporting this. Um,
4: I don't know if I mean when I got traded, it was it all happened so fast. It was, you know, I think they already already had trade in place, and um, um, did you find coach, out directly though, or did the the head you find coach out? Called me and and he said, I, I forget how he phrased it. Do you want to be traded out? I think I said no, Um, but to me they had the trade already in place to go to Houston. Um, But he did call me like the day before or that morning, and then I get traded. You know, less than twenty four hours later, Um, and you know they. I mean, it it is what it is. They whether they give you heads up or not um, is. It would be nice if they gave you heads up, but. (laughs) You know, a lot of times you just can't, you know, you, you can't – you have no control over it. Um, you know, they're going to trade you regardless. Um, so, you know, whether
2: – You didn't find out through the news, though, right? No, 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 I didn't.
4: I, to my knowledge, I didn't find right. out through the news. Um, you know, the head coach called me and, and we talked about it briefly and um, – and then next thing I know, it was like, okay, I got to pack my stuff, and <laughs> I got to head out to Houston, and I had to have somebody pack up my house um, and send my stuff to me. Um, so, you know, it, it, it all depends on who the person is and who the organization is. Um, you know, some organizations are good with that, um, you know, keeping the player in the loop or keeping his agent in the loop. And some organizations just don't care. They you know we're trading you and, and you you know, you think you're gonna be here and then you're not. So I'm sure in Marcus's case, if they were going to trade him, they would have gave him a heads up. They would have let his agent know, you know, a week in advance at least. You know, be a you know, there has been calls about your your, your client, um, and we are in serious negotiations with some teams. It might happen, it might not, but just to let you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did. If if that happened, they did that with Marcus. And if that happened from a, um IR standpoint, you just don't throw somebody on IR. And, and that's You got to a- talk to the player. You know, you, the doctor, the agent, y'all got to talk.
2: And if it – at the end – That's closed circuit, though. That's, yeah, that's within the organization. That's a if, lot easier to keep quiet.
4: If, you, if it then comes to a point where you say, okay, I'm going to put you on IR, everybody has discussed it. Everybody knows what's going on. So – You know, yeah, I mean, you want to get it right. It's different for those that are writing stories and those that are talking about a story, uh, especially when you're talking about it real time. For us, like if a story comes out, I mean, we're just we're just we're we are um, basically reacting to information that is coming to us, whether it be whether we be right or wrong. We're just reacting. Now, if you are the guy that got that has to write it now, you have to be more right than we do. Yeah, we just blather. Exactly, we just got. <laughs> to, we're just we're just getting information, and we're kind of, you know, basing our opinion based upon the information, and we can cha- Like you said, we can change and, ours.
2: And and and, it, and it's okay. Here's the other thing: it has to be okay that in the moment, maybe you feel one way, right? Like in the moment, there's emotion, there's all kinds of intensity. There's, you know, okay, I've got to have a take on this, and. You know, it's it's okay to let it sit for two days, and all of a sudden you you go, maybe I feel a little differently about something. Maybe maybe I like this a little less, or I like this a little more, or you know, whatever's a, p- a part of the story. Um, and, and this is not just a sports problem. This is a, a, a you know, when all these horrific shootings happen, and 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 all of a sudden we all have to rush to have a a big story, or you know, oh, I read the manifesto, or like, well, maybe just. When it comes to really serious stuff, this is sports, so it's very different. But when it comes to really serious stuff, like, let's let's just maybe wait a day or two and let things sink in, really digest stuff, and and, and then kind of form uh, formulate what we think and how we feel and what we see about stuff. Like, to me, as I was watching yesterday unfold, the one thing that I kept thinking was, trading Marcus makes no sense. In sports, you can't wait. It, right. It, well, you especially can, on a yeah. day of a deadline. Like, a day yeah. of a deadline it's a little different. But as I'm watching it unfold... Like sure, we we had conversations this week about Marcus being traded in last week, and that's because that's our job. We have to sort of look at every angle, right? But the the more and more I I thought about trading Marcus Mariota off this roster today or yesterday, it makes no sense. Like if you want to win games this year, Ryan Tannehill is injury prone and has fumbled three times in two games with behind a terrible offensive line. Chances are you're going to need another quarterback if you want to try to make the playoffs this year. You're also going to get a compensatory pick if he walks at the end of the year. So unless you're going to get a better deal than that, that doesn't make any sense. That's the same thing that Leonard Williams deal just was with the Jets and the Giants. Like the Giants gave up a third round pick Mm -hmm. knowing that if he walks at the end of the year, they're going to get their third round pick back. So it, it just never made sense. Like unless you're getting a first or a second round pick for a sort of mentally broken quarterback and then leaving yourself without a backup, it just the whole process never made sense to me. And You know, sure, we joke and have a good conversation about, you know, what would it look like if you traded Marcus? Like, that's an important conversation. Yesterday, I'm watching it all unfold, going, "This doesn't make any sense for the Titans." If I'm if I'm Mike Vrabel, I want to win this year. I'm four and four. I'm in the race. I I need I need all hands on deck to
4: try to win to try to win this year. If, and I know we keep you know the Marcus broken thing and everything else. But and this is just me, and this is I, I always, and maybe it's because I'm I, the way I was raised, you know, and having older brothers, and them, you know, beating you down, and you always got to be mentally tough. That if you if if they broke you mentally, I don't want you on my team. Now I really don't want you on my team. I just don't because this is this is a no nonsense business, and they can love you today and hate you tomorrow. <laughs> and if if they broke you mentally, then you might as well stop playing
2: now. Well, f- physically, he might be broken too, yeah, right? Physically, like, like I, can, I can understand the
4: physical part. It's nothing you can. I mean, if you hurt, you're hurt. But one thing you're not going to do is break me mentally. Now, I might have some limitations in my physical ability because I'm hurt, but you're not going – I don't care what you do and maybe it's just me and the way I was raised. I I don't care what you do. You're not going to break me mentally. It's That's right. the one thing you're not going to do because once you're broken mentally, there's no coming yeah. back. If you yeah. go to another team, there's no coming back because the minute you have adversity, you're going to shrink back down. So I hope – let's not say Marcus is broken mentally because if he's broken mentally, Marcus, retire. Please retire. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you,
3: I thought yesterday between yeah, the working be out of quarterbacks and the, quote, news coming down about Marcus – the thought did enter my head that maybe Marcus is retiring. I
2: wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. He's not. He's not cut from the Jake Locker cloth, where he just doesn't care about the game. Um,
3: I think he's cut from the Andrew Luck cloth.
2: But he could be cut from the Andrew Luck cloth, where he's mm-hmm. like, "Listen, I just got. I've, I've. He just made. He's making twenty million dollars this year. Yeah. It's not like he needs money. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, he could absolutely walk away from the game and just be like, "Listen, I'm going to go help help my community out or whatever. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do that. And and that, I would wish him best of luck. I I only say the, the the broken as a phrase just because it was that that's what kept coming. No, to mind. I said he is. Right. I, I hope he's I just, not. I just say that because when I watch the Denver game, I look at a quarterback who just he wasn't the same guy anymore. It was a different player, whether it's physical or mental or whatever. He wasn't the same guy. Um, and, and I'm with you. There's there's, a, there's also a reason, Derek, that a fourth round pick ended up on a Hall of Fame ballot. Like that's why you ended up where you ended up yeah. is because you. You do have abilities that not everybody has, and, and you were able to use those to, to sustain a really long, successful career. And that's not everybody's got that ability, and maybe Marcus doesn't. Who knows?
3: I don't know if Marcus is broken, but I am broken personally. No, no. In one aspect of sports, <laughs> there there is just something that has now reached a tipping point for me. Oh. It went down last night in the World Series, but it's across all of sports. Oh, okay. We got to get to this on the other side. Stay there. It's morning drive, ESPN 102 5 a game.